The Trader Cobb Crypto Show, talking business in blockchain. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Trader Cobb Crypto Show. Today's guest is Jorn van Zwanenberg. Zwanenberg. Yeah, it's a Dutch, <laughs> very hard Dutch name. It is a cool name, though. Uh, look, uh, Jorn is a, a writer, a commentator, and an investor. Uh, for everything blockchain and cryptocurrency, apologies for uh, mispronouncing your name so early on, Jorn. Uh, thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. Very interesting. Oh, I can't wait to uh, grill you on a few bits and pieces. I know that you're out there in uh, Amsterdam, a part of the world that I'm very fond of. Been there several times. I love the lifestyle there, and I, I know that you guys are fairly forward-thinking in many respects, as well as blockchain. So I'm really interested to first of all hear your introduction, how you got to where you are, and uh, what was the what got you started in blockchain and Bitcoin. Well, it's um, it's actually a funny story. It was I think about two years ago that a friend of mine he introduced me to a Dutch blockchain initiative called the NL Gulden. It's we used to have the Gilder back in the Netherlands. It was our coin until we switched to the euro. So there was this team trying to bring the Gilder back to the Netherlands in terms of cryptocurrency. So I put some money in that, and that went up like crazy. So I kind of like, how could this go up, and what is this technology? So I really got into it. And then I think about, I think like 14, 15 months ago, I was like, yeah, I, I really need to get in this space. But I was traveling, so I was kind of broke. So I asked my dad if I could borrow some money, and my dad said that was absolutely crazy. So I um, I really wanted to change his mind. So I wrote this beginner manual for Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies, about a 70-page introduction to how they work, how you get them. And it was kind of to convince my dad, really, just to get me that loan. And, um, well, yeah, I wrote the book. I published it on Amazon, and my Dad gave me the loan, and that's actually after that I never stopped. And because of the book, I got investingblockchain.com, got writing, and from that point on, it really started growing and growing. And now I'm full time working in the industry. And uh, the question has to be asked: uh, Have you paid your dad back? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a, it was a good December, so thank God I uh, I could part of pay it back. Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. That, that's a pretty cool story i mean it, it shows initiative doesn't it i mean you, you needed to get something you, you obviously uh, have a way with words or have a way with writing so that's uh that, that's really good now i my business partner has actually been out there in europe uh expanding our brand for the last three months and he's further he went london then to amsterdam i think he was there for was it amsterdam blockchain week or was it something along those lines um yeah there was a there was a blockchain conference it was like a mixture with artificial intelligence iot and blockchain by uh blockchain expo yeah I'm assuming you went along to that? Yes, yeah, I did. Okay, and look, I mean, from your perspective, look, as I said before, you know, Amsterdam's very forward-thinking and uh, there is a lot that goes on in the space over there. Um, sort of a European hub in, in many respects. What are you seeing that's coming out of the space there that, that, that you're finding very, very interesting at the moment? Is there anything in particular or anything that's of concern? Well, actually, yeah, yeah. Actually, there's two very interesting points. I was I was doing some interviews, yeah, last week with Amsterdam startups, and first off, what really got me is that there's no moon Lambo projects in the Netherlands. You know, everybody's dead serious. Everybody understands that. You know, they have to be the regulatory compliant, and they have to come with serious projects. So I was really impressed with the level of that. And secondly, what really because they're all they're all looking for regulatory 
like having a network in regulatory bodies, especially of the European Union, because they're the, they're I think they have the final say in the regulatory, like the regulatory standards in Europe. And they were all very positive. They all said the European Com- Commission was looking very positive. And actually, one concern of the European Union was that only 13% of all cryptocurrencies were founded in Europe. So not that there were that many cryptocurrencies, but actually that there were only that few from Europe. So I think the the overall European stance, and especially the Dutch is really hands like the Dutch government's really hands off. So they're gonna not they're not gonna stifle any innovation up till now. And I think the European approach is really positive as well. Well, that is interesting. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of uh, a lot of different areas of the world right now that are sort of taking a bit of a forward step, being a bit more proactive. And it's interesting to hear the uh, the take on the space over there. I mean, from from your point of view, obviously you you write a lot of articles. You 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 know sort of put yourself in the space much the same as what I do. You get to interview a number of people. What's um? I mean, certainly. Over this side of the world, uh, and a lot of the guests that I've been speaking to, there's been a lot of uh, chat about sentiment. Okay, so you, you know we, we look at you look at the market now, and yes, it's been overwhelmingly falling this year, and especially the last few months, it's been very very volatile. But we seem to be seeing more and more positive news. Uh, I mean, do you see any correlation as to like, or well, any reason why we're not actually seeing? The positive news come out in positive prices. Is there anything going on behind the scenes that you're aware of that you see or have spoken to people about that is preventing the market actually growing? Actually, I think um, it's honestly it's just the it's the two basic facts. I think you have the Gartner hype cycle on the one hand. You know, you you have a new technology and then you have inflated expectations and then people lose their interest and it completely plateaus and then it slowly develops. And I think we've had that peak of inflated expectations. So I think people would just kind of assume the technology could do way more than it actually could back in December. So I think that's that's one point. And I think the other end is if you look at the Wall Street cheat street, uh, the the cheat sheet. I don't know if you're we're familiar with that sheet. Yep. Yep. I think that's the same thing. I think it's just going in a downward spiral because it's going in a down, downward spiral. I think it's more yeah, more emotionally driven right now because the intrinsic values, in my opinion, only only been going up over the past six months. It's I think it's very emotion driven, and because there's no baseline, there's no real cash flows being generated yet. There's no real work in products. I think that's it's kind of hard for people to really establish intrinsic value. So yeah, they just yeah, the sentiment just keeps going down. I think until there's there's this one blockchain wonder that fixes a problem that couldn't be fixed before. <laughs> it's, it, it is very much like um, the herd mentality. If uh, if everybody's if, if the market's falling, everybody's sad and it continues to fall. But it, you know, if the market's going up, everyone's happy and it continues to go up. But we won't get happy because we're too sad. And it, it, it's a very it's a very reactive market. It's it's very emotional, as you say. It's it's very um, it's a lot of knee jerk reactions. But we find it seems to be very hard to turn this uh, this oil tanker of a market, so to speak, to be positive. Even though we have been seeing a lot of positive news now. What I'd like to touch on a little bit is, um, you know, what you do is obviously you invest in the space as well. You, you've been here, you're full time in this space. This is, this is what you've committed yourself to. Is there any projects out there at the moment um, that have caught your attention? I, I like the fact that you said in Amsterdam, there's not so many Moon Lambo projects and whatnot. I, I really like that. I, I find that to be the part of crypto that needs to grow up. Um, you know, we can't expect to have mainstream adoption. We can't expect to have, um, you know, be taken seriously if we're, you know, out there 
you know, I mean, I'm all for, uh, you know, following your dreams and whatnot. Go and make a rap video separate to crypto. Don't try and bring them together. Um, you know, what sort of projects are you seeing that are capturing your eye at the moment that have got you uh, fairly excited? Uh, has there been anything in the last few months that's really sort of got you interested to the point of maybe looking to invest? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's absolutely still a few around my um my number one pick right now is would be Augur because they just launched their their actual prediction market, which for me is like it's super interesting from multiple perspectives because first it's it's not it's not very legal so it's not within the regulatory framework, the prediction market because already since the since the market commenced we have assassination markets we have like several markets which are not in any legal state uh, acceptable. But there's uh, there's a certain kill switch that they pulled out the pulled out of the market. So we're really gonna see this battle from is it truly decentralized, and if it is, is it truly unstoppable? And I think that's that's super interesting development. Plus, I think the the platform itself works really well. It's a, it's a very interesting platform. So that's a place that's already, sorry, a product that's already been there. We've we've seen that. I think they had a big spike earlier in the month when they released the mainnet, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. We absolutely. saw the price jump up. Yeah, that's true. Okay. I mean, essentially, where we're at at the moment is, you know, we are seeing the, – the thing I'm seeing on Argor, just to sort of stay with it, it, it does spike a bit, you know, but we see it shoot down quickly. We see it shoot up quickly. It must have relatively low volume. I know it's not a small cap project, but it has must have relatively low volume for it to be able to move around so radically. Is that a concern for you when it comes to your investments? Well, no, not not really because the thing is um, what people – like they they – work with reputation that's that's their cryptocurrency their cryptocurrency isn't related to um the platform itself because you don't use uh rep the rep the, the cryptocurrency for the platform so i think it's it's again it's very hard to establish intrinsic value of cryptocurrencies but i think this one is how many people want to be oracles for the platform and i think as soon as the platform really kicks off and the volume that's being batted on the platform is really is really spiking. I think then re, uh, reputation will follow, but those two are separate. Like the the volumes going through Augur are not not related exactly to the cryptocurrency, and I think that's a problem with a lot of projects that the actual intrinsic value of the cryptocurrency and the intrinsic value of the platform are in a lot of ways they're separate. So yeah, that's another interesting development. So, what are the things that you look for? I mean, uh, you know, obviously, you're right. You're a writer in the space. You're, you're heavily researching the space, different projects, different people, different advancements in the technologies. Based on all of that coming together that you've been learning over the past year or two, or sorry, two years uh, since that 2016, when it sounds like you sort of threw yourself at it and started writing properly, what sort of things do you find, um, given your track record and what you've been doing, t- to be really important? And what things do you have? Anything that might that people might put too much emphasis on that you don't think is worthwhile doing. Yeah, I think um, I think right now the the decentralized all hype. I think it's a very good idea. I think yeah, decentralization can lead to massive inefficient uh, massive efficiencies, and like I think censorship resistance is very important and becoming more important protection of privacy as well. But I think what people tend to underestimate is that we've been used to centralized systems ever since society started. And to expect the public to move from centralized to decentralized within the, like, the course of 10 years or 15 years, I think that's 
very hard to ask people. I think that's 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 something that society needs way more time for. So I think the right approach is slowly moving from centralization to decentralization. And I think the emphasis right now is too much on decentralization. Like for instance, Tezos wants to do full on-chain governance. So everything will be always decided on the platform. I think that it's going to massively backfire because I think decentralization is incredibly inefficient to make decisions. I mean, I always see like, say you have a, say you have a classroom full of 50 kids and you want to decide which, you, which you're going to go to on your school trip and all 50 have a vote and you need a 90% consensus to go to go to the field trip. You're never going to get there. So you need, you need representatives, you need a more efficient system, but full decentralization, I think we're, we're not there yet by far. And I think that's, that's kind of the issue right now I'm seeing. I think first we need elements of centralization and slowly, incrementally move towards decentralization. And decentralization is naturally slower too, right? Because, I mean, centralized, it's in one place, so therefore it can be accessed easier. Are we, are we going to give up a fair bit of speed for, I guess, trust? I suppose we will. Yeah, that's that's kind of kind of what we've been doing actually. Yeah, and I think like a delegated proof of stake, for example. So you have delegates, you you gotta speed it up a little bit. But then again, yeah, it's it's, it's hard to tell. Decentralization by its nature is more inefficient than centralization. Because that's that's the. I mean, you look at the trade off, right? I mean, you look at the the younger generation, our generation as well, uh, which is basically, you know, we want everything immediately. You know, you've got kids out there that are, you know, that are in their twenties now that have that have grown up, literally grown up on the internet. They've they've grown up with a with a mobile phone in their hand that can access data and, and content from everywhere. Now things are getting faster and faster and faster and faster, and we want instant gratification right now. I mean, you look at social media; it's the perfect example of the youth today, um, and not just the youth, but that's, you know, they're the ones that sort of champion these sorts of things and make them grow. I mean, the very fact that you can post a picture of yourself doing a funny face or whatever you want to bloody well do and get instant gratification of likes and comments. Now, are we ready? Are we going to truly embrace a slower but safer and more trustworthy system? I would like to think so. I think it needs to be done. But it, I see that as a, as, as a, as a challenge Long term, because short term, there's a huge amount that the blockchain can do that that is, you know, it's going to innovate, it's going to make things better, make things safer, and it needs to exist. But I just wonder how much, if we're going to notice the speed slow down on certain things, uh, if that's going to uh, if that's going to hurt the uh, the uptake of the technologies, because lots of projects, as you very well know, still haven't brought a product to market yet. They've raised exorbitant amount of money, but they're still not there. Yeah. I actually, uh, you can call me pessimistic here, but I don't think we're going to switch to something slower. I don't think, um, you see it time and time again, you know, people know they've been giving privacy away to Google and Facebook. They know, they're absolutely well aware. It's not It's not that the, over the past year, it's something like an enlightenment has dawned upon us. No, we've, we've always known. We just really like Facebook and Google. And I, th- I think it's it's going to be like that forever. I think it's... Yes, we know our privacy is being violated. Yes, we know, the, like some other things, we know there's digital digital avatars of us being created to sold to third-party marketeers. We know that. We just want our we just want our funny pictures really fast. We want to shrug our shoulders and move on. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I I don't think we're gonna we're gonna take something that's slower and use it on scale. I think 
if we really want to disrupt YouTube and Facebook, we got to be exactly the same as YouTube and Facebook, but then with a proper monetization system and decentralized governance. But it absolutely has to be just as fast. Excellent. I I agree with you there. And look, before we uh, before we wrap, I mean, what's what's your um what's your thoughts around the the space at the moment? Is there any particular area within the you know within the current structures that you find particularly exciting? I mean, we've, we've to give you an example, we've we've seen a lot of energy plays. You know, we've seen a lot of different plays in different sectors. Is, is there any one particular area? I mean, you mentioned Argor before. Any one particular area where you're sort of channeling a fair bit of your research at the moment because you think that there's going to be something big coming from that particular space? Yeah, social media. I think uh, right now like you have, you have a lot of social media projects come up, and I steam it as a great initiative, even though I think steam it is too complex for the regular user. But I think they've absolutely set, they, they've absolutely set a great example, and I think social media is ready for disruption, especially after the past six months Facebook has been going through, you know, the... Grove is plateauing, which is for any network, and Facebook is essentially a network. For every network, when it's plateauing, that's a very dangerous sign. Uh, I th- I think monetization on contributions to social media platform, I think that's that's a really smart and actually really fair fair dynamic. And I think yeah, that's something to look for, uh, forward to right now, especially because of the negative press surrounding Facebook and people still want to interact with each other and. Yeah, I, th- I think social media might be a very, very interesting industry right now. There's a very uh, good opportunity here because of the distrust that Facebook has created. The opportunity is either going to come in buying Facebook stock now as if they've, after they've dropped or, um, you know, and Facebook comes back to dominance because we, we really just go, yeah, okay, they were shitheads, who cares, move on. Uh, or, or something better comes along and we go, hey, you know, my mate's on that. I've got to jump across to that. And Facebook starts to really lose traction. I mean, will Facebook become the new MySpace in the next five or 10 years? Only time will tell. But, uh, you want to spend an absolute pleasure having you on the show, mate. Where would people find more about you that would like to uh, catch up on some reading that you've written and, um, yeah, just sort of follow you a bit more? How would they find you? Uh, yeah, the website I work for is www.investinblockchain.com. And I write about three to four articles a week there. And for the rest, I've been I've been working on several projects, but that's behind the screen, so you probably can follow me there. But you can track like on LinkedIn and Twitter. You can always follow my status, my updates, and what I'm working on right then. And contact me if you need. And what's your Twitter handle? And my t- Twitter is Yorn Dash Developing. Yorn Dash Developing. Well, it's been a pleasure having you on the show, mate. Um, I look forward to getting over your way, and when I am, I'll look you up and we'll try and catch up. But I wish you all the best going forward, and um, yeah. It's a- continued success and let's see how the next six months unfolds we've certainly had a tough start to the year maybe we'll see it uh, plateau maybe we'll see it continue to the upside who knows but the space is definitely one that's very exciting with some uh, pretty cool characters in it. and I, I look forward to speaking to you again in the future thanks so much for your time the trader cobb crypto podcast is hosted by craig cobb all trader cobb courses products and tools can be found at tradercobb.com because experience matters